Good. Praise the Lord. Glad to hear that. We have had an interesting week, as always. Um, <clears throat> it's always, always fun to meet life's challenges, look to Jesus, and uh, walk through them with him. Amen? This week, uh, one of our daughters had an automobile accident in one of our newer cars, and the car was totaled. But uh, bless the Lord, she walked away with just a bruise, you know. And so gives us another opportunity to go car searching. And so, woo, yes. Yes and amen. To work with insurance companies. I wish you guys could see this. One day I'm going to have it set up that I can throw things from my phone onto the uh, projectors so that I can show you the fun things that I find. Like I found this one and it's in Russian, which is funnier, but it, uh, it is a blanket and then a teddy bear and a pillow that are laid out on the sidewalk. So it's a blanket and then a large teddy bear and then there's a pillow. And then the next scene is the uh, teddy bear on the pillow with covered up by the blanket. Okay? And so then the post says, Thank you to the unknown person, to the unknown dear person uh, of my neighbors who... Uh, although now none of the three will dry, the teddy bear had a nice nap. You get it? They'd lay, she laid them out to dry them. She had washed them and put them out in the sun to dry them. But some neighbor came by and thought the teddy bear needed to be covered up and be given a good nap. Mm -hmm. I love good humor like that. It's just good stuff. And then I had one little, uh, there we go, one uh, dad joke. <clears throat> this poor guy, he says, my wife is upset with me because she thinks I'm obsessed with astronomy. Like, what planet is she on? Okay, bless the Lord. We're going to get into the Word. I'm going to need a little help this morning, but we're going to get into the Word. Um, let me pray. We'll take communion, and then we'll jump into, but we'll be in Psalm 24. So if you want to open your Bible and set it aside, or open up your Bible app and set it aside, then we're going to prepare to receive communion. Hmm? Psalm 24. It's like Psalm 23, but one after. Hey, that's what I'm here for. Keeping it easy, guys. Okay, once you have that, if you prepare elements, if you need elements for communion, our ushers at the back have more elements. If you'd like some, just raise your hand and let them know, and they'll be sure to get elements to you. Or you can run over there like Michelle just did. Be sure to, to uh, unseal the bread first. Don't unseal the juice and then turn it over. 
it's not wise. Okay, we ready? So, Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for uh, your death on the cross, your burial, and your resurrection, Lord, for instituting communion to remind us of the new covenant that we have with you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for um, all that you do, for being willing, Lord, to lay down your body and to be broken for us so that we can come into your presence, Lord. So we take this little piece of bread, Father, and we consume it, Father, in remembrance of your body being broken for us. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your blood, that it is sufficient, Lord. There's nothing else that needs to be done. We just receive the forgiveness and the covering of your blood. We thank you, Father, for that, Lord. So, Father, we take this juice in remembrance of the sufficiency of your blood this morning. Amen and amen. It is wonderful to take communion and to remind yourself. I mean, you're welcome to do it anytime you want to. Uh, If you're going through a rough time, you might consider taking it daily and just remind yourself of what Jesus has done for you. Because through communion, we're reminded that we can come directly into the presence of the Lord. Like it says in Hebrews, come boldly into the throne room. We have access to the presence of the Lord. And that's actually what I want to talk to you about this morning. So as we are finishing up collecting those, we're going to get into Psalms 24. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your word. Speak to us this morning. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. Okay. Wonderful. So we're in Psalms 24. I want to, the title of my sermon today is Face to Face. And I'll clarify that here in a moment. But Psalms 24, let's just begin to read here. It says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So the earth belongs to Jesus and he actually owns all of it. The world and all those who dwell within belong to the Lord, everyone. And he founded it upon the seas and he established it upon the rivers. Uh, Make note here, guys, that whatever God founds, he establishes. See, the founding is the initiation and the establishment is the carrying out. And even in like Isaiah 54, it it talks about God being the founder and the establisher. There's several times in scripture where God founds and establishes. Jesus initiates. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the the beginning and the end. Same thing, just different, you know, out of Greek translation. And uh, also what he begins, he is faithful to complete. Okay, so if he's begun a good work in you, he is faithful to complete it. So he is the founder of your faith and the establisher of your faith. This is what Jesus does. You see that in Genesis 1, 2, when the Spirit of the Lord hovered upon the the water. He brought order. So he founded it and then he brought order to it and established it. So if you don't feel like you're currently established to the extent that you think you need to be, don't worry, Jesus isn't done yet. 
So don't bail. Just keep trusting Jesus. He is able to do what he's promised to do. So he establishes what he found. Verse 3. Who has the ability to ascend the hill of the Lord? And who can stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. This is the same thing that's in Revelations where it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. By the blood of the lamb, we have clean hands. We have, uh, we have been made holy. We are able to stand in the hill of the Lord. We are able to come into the presence of the Lord because of the blood of Jesus, which is greater than our sin. We never elevate our sin greater than the blood of Jesus. We never say, well, God could forgive me, but this is just too far. Or what I did is just too bad. There's no bad that is greater than the ability of Jesus to forgive and recreate and redeem. And then the word of their testimony is we do not swear deceitfully. We do not say what is true. We have a pure heart and out of the pure heart comes the word of life that we confess about ourselves, God, and others. So we overcome Satan and we're able to come into the presence of the Lord because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. David, inspired by the Holy Spirit, writes this song. Verse 5. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. You walk in the blessing of the Lord. Blessing of the Lord is getting to know Jesus more and more and more and more and more. And the more you know Jesus, things just shift in your life. You're set free. You're changed. You're liberated. Think of Luke 4, 18 and 19 where Jesus came to open blind eyes, set captives free, liberate individuals, preach good news to the poor. This is the ministry of Jesus and as we get to know him, we receive those blessings. Psalms 1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, he meditates day and night. His delight is in Jesus and he communes with Jesus. And by that, he's like a river that's planted by the, the streams of water who bear forth his fruit in the season. Jesus, by our communion with him, we receive the blessing and the full benefit of that relationship. You should not lack in your relationship with Jesus. That's not God's intention. So if by your faith you set aside what belongs to you, you need to correct yourself. And you need to say, Jesus, whatever you have for me, I want to receive it and walk in what you have for me. In the season that you desire it to be produced. Now, am I going to produce something different than you're going to produce in a different season? Absolutely, it's different seasons. But you should be able to walk in what Jesus has for you for that season. Because it comes out of your individual relationship with Jesus Christ. The more you get to know him, the fruit of the Spirit is developed and comes forth out of you in that season. And what Jesus is working on you in one season is different than what he's working on me in my season. There may be times when our seasons align and there may be seasons where our seasons are completely different seasons. 
Is that enough use of the word season? Jesus desires you to be blessed. And it says you're going to receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So as you are saved, as you get to know Jesus, as you are saved and changed, that's sozo salvation, that's a complete body, soul, and spirit. As you're saved, you are made righteous. See, there's two Greek, I know this is Hebrew, but in the Greek where it says you're going to be redeemed, there's two tenses there. There is a point tense, which is bam, and it's done. This is the day I made the decision to follow Christ. This is the day my eyes opened and I understood. And then there's also the the continuous. And so it happens and then it is constantly in the present happening. And so I am saved and I am saved. So you are made righteous in Christ Jesus. Bam. The blood of Jesus is sufficient. And every day as you continue with him, you are made more and more and more and more and more and more and more righteous. Like the sun coming up, it says in Malachi, this, the rising of the sun. Your righteousness rise. It increases as you walk with Jesus. So you are blessed and you are made righteous from the God of your salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, seek God, and who seek the face of the God of Jacob. This is the testimony, this is what's normal for those who seek the Lord, seek to know him, and those who seek the God of Jacob, those who want to know Jesus. This is what the norm is. Seek the face. Now, I like digging when I find a word and I go, okay, why did they use that word? By they, I'm talking Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why did they write that word there? Why is that word there? Why the word face? And so I began to dig in this. In the Hebrew, the word face is often also translated the word presence. It's interchangeable. A good example would be uh, Psalms 51, 5111. Oops. Get my technology up here. 5111. Where I had written down, I had not written down. It's right here. Okay. You know this from David. Cast me not away from your presence. This is a great song. We sing this. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. Cast, you know this song, right? Yeah. Take, cast me not away from your presence. Cast me not away from your face. Cast me not away from your face. You want to walk in what he's talking about here where you're receiving the blessing and you're, it's increasing all the time and your righteousness is increasing all the time. It comes from getting face time with Jesus. And you have access to that. The intent of God was face time. God's so cool. Things we, we don't think about or realize... I have Blue Letter Bible here, and I want to just go over some of the verses where this word appears, because they're just so fun. Genesis 1-2, the earth was without form and void. You ever feel like your life is without form and void? And darkness was over the face of the deep. Same word. See, God created the earth to look back at him. 
when he created the earth, it was always a, you're the earth and I am looking at you. I want you to see me because I am always looking at you. So I'm giving you a face to look back at me. That's why the earth is the Lord and everything therein. Because I see it. It's in my presence, meaning it is always in my facial focus. I'm always looking at it. It's pretty wild, right? God says, and let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth in the face of the heavens. The whole heavens, another realm, another layer of the face that he could look down and see every little bird. That's how he knows every sparrow and where they fall because he's always looking. Do you realize you have the intention of the Father. You know, I realized this morning, uh, sometimes, you know, I, I'm a pretty task-oriented, especially when I, I'm uh, in my administrative mode and I just, I have things to do and I'm just buzzing. I move pretty fast. And I realized maybe I move too fast on Sunday morning and I need to work on that. It was something I was talking to Jesus about during our prayer time. Because uh, sometimes I'm moving through here because I need to make sure this is everything's covered here. So I'm running over here and I'm buzzing by and I'm saying hello as I'm buzzing by. But it maybe seems like I'm going by all the time and just buzzing by you as I say hello. And I realized it because I buzzed by Grant this morning and didn't recognize him because I was buzzing by so fast. And I stopped and I realized, oh, it's Grant, you know, and we had a little conversation. And I realized that, but God's not like that. God isn't so busy that he's like, hey, God, oh, well, I'll catch him next time he comes around. You have face access with God, face-to-face -face relationship with him. That is what God created. So he creates Adam and Eve so that they can look up to him. That's why he gave us swivel heads. So we can look up. And when they fell, what happened? We see this in Genesis 3.8. It says, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, the great time of the day to come out in fellowship. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence or the face of the Lord. They hid themselves. It's the same word there. Presence, face. You know, just English, we threw the word presence on it. I think face might be a better because it gives you a really good. They hid themselves from God being able to see them. They pulled away from what God's intent was because of what had happened in their hearts. They ran away from the one who would be able to help them with their heart. They pulled away. We see the same thing with Cain. You know, Cain made this offering. This is in Genesis 4. Cain makes this offering. Now, he had to have known what the offering should have been. Because it's pretty obvious that when uh, Cain and his offering were not received, Cain got mad. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. So up until that point, he had like this. And he's like, okay, I know what you want, but I'm going to do what I want because this is 
my stuff and I'm, you're going to receive what I want. And so Cain gave his offering of what he wanted God to receive. And God was like, well, that's not what we had talked about. And so Cain got mad and his face fell. I'm not talking to you right now. But God had intended face-to-face fellowship. I just think it's so angry. And God says to him in in Genesis 4, verse 6, The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? I notice that we're not talking face-to-face right now. What's going on? This is the love of the Father. Hey, I want relationship with you. I want to interact with you. I want to be face-to-face. Let's talk. Why are you not looking at me right now? Why have you fallen? Why is your face down? Why are you not making eye contact? We, we, we have wonderful children. And we had one child who, uh, Jill's already laughing because she knows where I'm going. We had one child who uh, struggled to make face contact when, when we would have discussions with them. And there was always, they, they would have their face directly, but their, her eyes would be up like here. And you could see that she wasn't making eye contact because you could tell. And we'd say, why are you looking at our forehead? I'm not. And then her eyes would come back down and meet eyes and then they would go right back up again. <laughs> just kind of a funny family thing because it was notorious when she was little. She's not like that now. She's very much, she's healthy and just able to have those face-to-face conversations. That's what God wants. The intent of the Father has always been face-to-face. Always been face-to-face. I need a volunteer. I know, Andrea. I figured you would. Come on up. Mm-hmm. Would you sit down, please? So, I want you to drive a car. Is that the way you drive <laughs> You drive it the way any way you want to drive it. So Andrea is driving, and really the seat probably should be on the other side because we're not in England, but it doesn't make a difference. See, a lot of times we relate to God as if this is her space and, and she's driving and doing her thing, and God's over here somewhere, and there is no face to face relationship going on. But in reality, while Andrea is driving, hey, how you doing? I know you're busy and you can keep your eye on traffic, but let's talk. What's going on? <laughs> Nothing too much. So what, what, tell me about your day. Well, uh, had coffee this morning. Did you? What flavor did you put in your coffee? Um, I put in the uh, 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 French vanilla. French vanilla in half and half. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, I created cows specifically so that you could have half and half in your coffee. You're welcome. It's a normal day-to-day, face-to-face conversation. It doesn't have to be literally looking, you know, because God is a spirit. But there is an interaction that happens That she can come into the presence of the Lord and be in his presence all the time, no matter what she's doing. Whether she's driving or cooking or creating art or being on the stage. Yeah, you can stop driving. (laughs) I knew you'd be good at it with your acting. But wherever she is, she has the ability just to interact with Jesus. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. 
I love Andrea. A lot of times, though, we relate to God as if we're like this. Okay, this is the time I've chose to come into your presence, and I'm one of a bunch of people in a crowd, and you're up there somewhere, and you're talking to all of us, and I'm, I'm trying to listen for a little bit that I can grab a hold of for myself. And that's not the intent of Jesus. Yes, you are part of the congregation of the Lord, but there is an intimate individual relationship with you that the Lord has. And you have access to that all the time, wherever you are. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you have personal face time with the Father. That's what He desires. That's what the intent was. And you can see how they pulled away, Cain did, because he got upset with God and he pulled away. Why do people pull away from fellowship with the Lord? Why do people turn off the FaceTime or disconnect or just set them over here on a shelf? I think part of it is like Cain or even better like Adam and Eve was shame and fear. Hey, he's going to be mad at me. I failed him. I screwed up. Um, I bet he's tired of my failures. And I, I just couldn't deal with disappointing him again. And so I'm just not going to go there. Not knowing that God never gets disappointed. Disappointment would mean it's reliant on you. And you failed. Well, there is no failure because it's reliant on him. He is the one. It's your surrender. Come on, Jesus. Keep, keep working on me. I receive your forgiveness. I got my own trying to do it myself again. And I'm just going to let you do it in my life. I messed up. I'm going to let you do it. Keep in mind that sin comes out of our belief system. Let me get out of that direct light. So I'm not looking at a train <clears throat> from the projector. I'm talking about the light hitting me in the eyes. When your heart, when you have a wound in your heart or a false belief or a selfishness in your heart, you act out of that. And the action produces what's in the heart. The action reflects the heart. So religion tells you, change the action. Jesus says, let me change your heart. And what often has to happen is we have to get to the point where we're willing to say, okay, Lord, here is my heart. Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. That is that humility of bringing our heart to the Lord and being honest with him. And this is, this is an ongoing thing. This isn't a once in a life. It begins once, but it's an ongoing process that we walk through in our humility with the Lord. Recently, you know, I, I know you know that my, my parents both passed away in the last, I think dad was a, a year and mom, mom's been two years now. But through this, I've been just going through childhood. Things have been coming up to the surface and I've been realizing uh, actions or motivations or ways I treat life or my my heart thoughts toward life and how they need adjusting. And the Lord has very patiently and graciously 
I mean, I'm 51 years old, and so I've had this stuff for 51 years, and he's just now going, okay, it's, it's time for me to talk to you about this because you're able to hear me about this now, and I want to talk to you about this thing that you believe because we're going to correct it. We're going to put it in the right place. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, whereas before I used to get mad and get discouraged and, and turn off God for a while, now I'm like, okay, I'm ready, Lord. I, I'm ready in these areas to grow and to change, change my heart. And there are deep opinions about yourself and the way you do things, you know, and why you react the way you would do in situations. That is what the Lord wants. He wants relationship with us to where you trust Him. Trust allows you to not feel shame and fear. Trust allows you just to come into His presence and say, okay, yeah, I'm, I messed up. I'm learning, Lord, help me. And he's like, great, let's, let's move forward. Do you see what the root issue was? Like he asked Adam and Eve, where are you? Like he asked Cain, why are you downcast? That isn't, he isn't asking their actions. He's asking them, do they understand where their heart is? And if you stop when these things happen and you begin to dig with the Lord, take the time to prayerfully dig. Okay, Lord, why do I believe this? Why does this action happen? What in me produces this action? What is the root belief about myself, about you, about others? And then you begin to make the changes. Okay, Lord, come in here and, and clean this out. You know, uh, for example, if, uh, B number six, I think I've talked to you guys about this. One of the things that came up over the last few years was as the sixth child of seven, I was the youngest and it was, uh, there was an opinion there in my heart that I was an appendage, an extra, an unnecessary. I wasn't one of the favored kids. I wasn't my oldest brother, the favored child. You know, And I don't mean that derogatory to my brother. This was what was in my heart, my belief, and it, it, it swayed or warped my actions toward myself, others, my family, and God. I did not understand the extent that it, it warped the way I walked until recently. Because God would be like, hey, you know, I'd like to do this for you. And I'd be like, oh, no, that's okay. You know, I, I'm number six. I, I don't need any special things. I know that doesn't belong to me. That goes to the favored child, and I'm not the favored child. I'm the one that you just had extra. And he would always be like, that's not the way I look at you. And I'd be like, well, you know, yeah, okay. Deep in my heart, I'm talking conversations. Most of this I wasn't even aware of until recently when I began to go through and it bubbled up and I was like, wow, I do act like that. Dang, that's annoying. Annoying for myself, you know. It's got to be annoying for those around me, you know. I need to correct that. I need to go to Jesus with that and let him heal that area to where I can see myself as his favored son. And you can see yourself as his favored son. It isn't like he only has one. He just has favored sons and favored daughters. It's, it's one category. And if I pull myself out of that category, that's me pulling myself out of the category the Lord has, not him going, there are multiple categories. Okay? If you don't understand that, then ask the Lord, you need a revelation of this. It's the same way with love. There isn't uh, 
so much love over here and less love for you from God. There is just love. And you need to get it down deep in your heart that I am beloved of the Lord. He loves me. Deeply, deeply, deeply loves me. In the same way, God is no respecter of persons. He deeply, deeply, deeply loves you. And that's a personal revelation coming from your intimate face time with the Lord to let that sink down because that will change the way you walk. You know, President Kennedy, uh, his son would come into the, into the uh, it was a toddler when he was president, would come into the Oval Office and walk across the floor and climb underneath the resolute desk and play underneath the desk there while his dad was doing business. He would just walk into the room. You know, that's the type of relationship the Lord has with you. You come boldly to the throne room, not because you've psyched yourself up to come into the mean king that you're afraid is going to strike you down or not listen to you, but you're just like, hey, dad, got a question? Oh, okay. You know, if you're right, then it's yes. And if you're wrong, you're like, okay, thanks, dad. I needed that. It isn't a mean guy that you're visiting. You know, the three talents, if you remember, the first guy was given 10 and he multiplied and got 10. The first, next guy was given five and he multiplied and got five. The third guy said, well, you're a pretty mean guy and I don't want to make you mad, so I'm just going to hide this one. And he was the one that was corrected. Because of your belief system, you react to God. You react to others. You react to yourself. And the Lord's like, I want FaceTime with you so that you, your heart is healed so that you can receive the full fellowship that I have with you as my beloved son, as my favorite son, as my beloved daughter, as my favorite daughter. That's what I intend for you, to walk in all that I have for you and nothing less. And I'm going to spend your life prodding and loving and, and trying to allow you to be able to receive from me all that I have for you. Don't let the enemy dictate your relationship. Don't let life dictate your relationship. Don't let your failings dictate your relationship. You let Jesus dictate your relationship. Something else that uh, causes us to uh, pull away from this FaceTime, you know, because Satan is the accuser. So Satan ac accuses uh, you to yourself. He accuses your brothers to you, you know, and he accuses God to you. So he's, he's an accuser and he's always making accusations. One of the major ways that he accuses is he accuses God to you. God failed you. Because if he can get you mad at God, then you step out of the FaceTime and the blessing and any kind of work that God's doing in your life, you step out of it. And it's very difficult for God to win your heart back. It's not impossible, but it's difficult because you have your hand to God. I'm mad at you. What God really wants to have, you know when you're in a bad relationship and you're upset? How do you get out of it? You communicate. And you have honest communications in the, in the amount of pain, you, and you talk it through. And you, you remember as, as a, uh, 
kids having fight and you uh, put them together and okay you need to hug each other and talk to each other for three minutes and you can't let go the whole point of let's talk it out let's communicate get past the pain and let's communicate in the same way with God you've got to really have those honest conversations with God and he's not afraid of your anger he's not afraid of your anger let it out have the conversation with God. Pulling back from God does nothing for you. There's no redemption. There's no solution. It's just misery. Misery. It's terribly difficult because there's, there's nothing that you can heal. It's, it is a fortification around this is my opinion, what I believe from what I've experienced, and I can't let you come in and show me what the truth is. God wants that relationship with you. He wants that one-on-one. -on -one. He's able to speak into, to heal, and to give understanding. To bring that breakthrough. So don't let offense toward the Father keep you from receiving what He has for you. The deep love that He has. That face-to-face -face relationship is so important. That's why the enemy fights it so much. I think something else that, uh, probably the third and final thing I'll talk about this morning, that keeps or stills our face-to-face -face time would probably just be simple busyness. Distraction. And it's something that we'll probably deal with our entire lives. I can ask maybe some of our older believers to comment on it. Does it get easier as you get older, or is it uh, still the same type of you just something you just work at? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with a marriage. You you have to work at the one-on-one -on -one intimate relationship. So life is distracting. Shiny things distract. Shiny things distract for some of us more than others. Like, oh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's like, oh, I need to check this out. And the Lord's like, hey, you know, there's nothing really shiny there. It may look shiny, but really it's still just plastic. I got the gold for you over here. And it's just sometimes experiencing and, and going to the Lord and saying, I'm sorry, Lord, I was distracted by the plastic. Forgive me. He'll go, no worries about it. Let's, let's just keep moving, you know. Being so busy getting things done that are temporal, that we lose the value. And the true value is the FaceTime you have. Um, this technology is a tool. If this becomes obsessive and controls our life, it's good to turn off things like notifications, uh, uninstall apps, social media apps. Take the steps to get yourself back balanced, you know, because... One of the biggest things people have is loneliness, which means they lack personal one-on-one -on -one FaceTime. Excuse me. I just saw an article, and I've told tons of people because I can't believe it, about this uh, famous person on Snapchat. She's got 1.8 million followers, and she said the greatest need of mankind right now is loneliness. I was telling you guys about it yesterday. The greatest need of mankind is loneliness. It's like an ep uh, epidemic. 
And so she's created an AI version of herself that you can connect with anytime you want for $1 a minute. She made $70,000 in the first month. Expected, projected to make millions. So the answer is for a computer to talk to you. No, the answer first and foremost is that personal one-on-one relationship with God. Having those conversations 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And enjoying your relationship with Jesus. Getting to know Him. And the second would be getting to know your brothers and sisters. Those around you. Putting down the phone. Play a game of cards. Play, you know, dice, dominoes. Something that where you have to interact and have conversations. And learn to socialize. Because if you can't socialize with the person sitting next to you, you're going to struggle to socialize with God. If you have so many walls up in your own life that you can't talk to those around you, you're probably going to have those same walls that you're like, okay, God, I'm keeping you at a shallow level. Because there's areas of your heart that you're afraid to let open. You're afraid to be real about. As an introvert, I'm talking to you, and you may think that I'm an extrovert because up here it's pretty easy to be. It's very easy to be extroverted up here because I'm having a one-way conversation. It's nice because I can just talk, I can let it out, and then I don't have to talk anymore the rest of the day. So I'm a pretty good introvert. I'm pretty quiet. I have no problem sitting in a car for eight hours and saying nothing. So, what? Right, right. And I like to listen. I love listening to people. I love hearing what's on their heart. So, and I've completely lost my train of thought through all of that. But having those conversations with God and really being real and working on them with others, being able to let down your walls and finding the group of people that you can just be real with, that will help you in your relationship with the Father. You may think that I can have this special relationship with God, but I can't talk to anybody else. And it doesn't work that way because you have those same walls and you're just projecting onto God. It's the same way. That's why he said, if you say you love God but hate your brother, you're a deceived. You know, it does, it does interact. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as you love yourself. They're all interconnected. And that's what God wants you to do. He loves that FaceTime. Jesus just absolutely loves FaceTime with you guys. He loves to get together with you and just talk about your stuff. And you're like, why would he be interested in what I'm cooking? Well, because like you, when you sit down with a younger kid and you're like, what are you coloring? Or what are you doing? I'm coloring. What are you coloring? Uh, a hippopotamus swimming across the river. Well, why did you choose purple for the hippopotamus? Because the, the hippopotamus wanted to be purple today. I mean, what you're doing is you're not really interested in that. You're interested in hearing their heart with what they're doing. In the same way the Father sits with you and what you doing? Well, I'm adding turmeric to this because I want to see what it's going to do in the, when I add this spice to this meal or putting raisins in the rice because it, it just adds that pop of sweetness. And God's like, that's cool. I like that. I like it because I made raisins and I designed them for you to have fun with. So have fun with them. What are you creating on your art, Heather? Well, I'm drawing this. Because of this, and well, why did you use that color? Because it, it means this to me, and I just think it's fun, and God loves that kind of stuff. What are you putting in your coffee today? 
I'm going to try pecan flavoring because I'm feeling nutty. You know? Just having normal conversations with God, He wants to know your true heart of where you really are, how you see things, because He loves and enjoys seeing how you see what He created, how you see the world. And he instilled in you creativity for you to take what he created and create with it new things. He's like, wow, that's cool. I love the way you organize this organization. I love the way you see in bar graphs and charts and set up things. And I love the way you see people and the way their skills are. I love the way you do this. I love the, you see what I mean? I love the way you can program computers. I love the way you do accounting. Isn't accounting fun? Don't you love math? God can have this conversation with you. I love what you do. Let's talk about it. There's a verse in Isaiah 54 that I want to end with. Isaiah 54. Let's see. Isaiah's back here. I should just have this chapter marked. Isaiah 54 is like one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. So it says for, uh, he says in verse 7, For a brief moment I deserted you, but with great compassion I will gather you. In overflowing moment, anger, uh, in overflowing anger for a moment I hid my face from you. This is when he uh, sent the children of Israel. Uh, he uh, took them out of Jerusalem and put them into captivity for 70 years. This is what he's talking about. He said, I hid my face from you, but with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Verse 9, this is like the days of Noah to me, as I swore, swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. So I have sworn that I will not be angry with you and will not rebuke you. So there's been a shifting that's taking place. I'm not mad at you. I'm willing to work with you. Let's have a talk because I want to help you become who I see in you. I'm not the teacher with the, the three foot stick just waiting for you to make a mistake so I can whack your hand or whack you upside the head. That's not me. I'm the one that gets down there and says, okay, I see what you're doing here, but let me show you how this actually works. Meeting them where they are and teaching them and educating them. That's the heart of the Father. Let me show you how to mow the lawn. Let me help you do this. That's the heart of the Father. God loves you and wants personal relationship with you. Now, if you don't have a relationship with the Father, the first thing to keep in mind is what we did through communion, is the understanding that my sin keeps me from having relationship and going, okay, Jesus, I don't want my sin to be in the way. Would you forgive me my sin? I accept your sacrifice for my sin so that I can come into your presence face to face. Jesus, forgive me. I want relationship with you. It takes that shifting of the heart first to say, okay. But once you open your heart, you begin to have those face-to-face -face relationships with Jesus. And then things change. You wonder why believers are different? Because believers who have face-to-face -face reaction with Jesus, they're just, their worldview completely changes. Because you see God. 
you interact with God, you're going to be different. That's what he desires for you. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus this morning, talk to him. Jesus, please forgive me. I've made a mess of things. I can remember what I said when I was 15. Man, Lord, I have screwed up my life. It's a complete wreck, and it was. And if you can do something with this, I give it to you. Do something with it. Would you? I just want this fellowship. I feel your love, and I want this. He's like, absolutely, Matt. I've been waiting. Come on, let's talk. 35 years later, 36 years later, still, still running strong. Jesus wants fellowship with you. Make the decision today. So as I'm closing, I'll pray now, but we're going to have a prayer team. They'll be up here by the cross in this area over here. If you need prayer about anything, just encouragement. If you struggle and you're like, you know, I know Jesus loves me, but I just, I just struggle. Or I don't even know, I'm not for sure he loves me or he's mad at me or, or whatever it is. Let them pray for you and let them encourage you this morning in your relationship with Jesus. Because this FaceTime is for each of you individually. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we come before you this morning, Papa, and thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and dying on the cross, not just to found a religion, Lord, but to actually have that FaceTime return, that FaceTime you had before Adam and Eve fell, Lord. Lord, we want to see you face to face, Lord. We want to fellowship with you to feel your love and to give back love to you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for that. I pray, Lord Jesus, whatever might be hindering my dear friends and family, Lord, I pray, Father, that you would help them to get past and to come into your presence, Lord. If they need to forgive you for something, Lord, let them forgive you so that they can get understanding. Father, if they're afraid of you, Lord, I pray, Father, they would trust you. Father, if some kind of sin Uh, The devil just keeps hitting it and saying, you know what, you're unworthy, Lord. I pray that they would hear your voice, your love, and the power of your blood to forgive and to transform. Jesus, you are the great redeemer. You who founds and establishes. Thank you, Lord, for your beautiful work by your spirit. We pray in your powerful name today, Lord. Amen. Amen.